0: I'm here with Kaval Ahmad and Kaval I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself
1: thanks um, I'm uh, Kaval or Kav for short um, it was a bit of a Japan thing my my name was permanently shortened to Kav when I arrived here and <laughs> um, I'm originally from Scotland and I've been in Japan for just a little over four years now and um, I arrived here about uh, July 2014 and um, I came here without a job so i came here on a tourist visa um but when i came here I, I wanted to find work um and um i didn't really know uh what i was going to whether i would stay or what kind of job i would find um and then just by chance i met the co-founder of a travel startup and uh, they had um, just been funded and they were looking for a native english speaker to come and do some content work for them so then um, they sorted my visa out for me, but I had to leave the country and then come back. Um, so after that, I had I was there for like two years at this travel startup. And then after that, I had about a couple of months off trying to figure out what it was I was gonna do. Um, and then um, I started working freelance as well within that time. So just like helping small businesses do um, like their SEO and Facebook ads and Google ads and things like that, and also did a bit of content writing too. Um, Now I work um, part-time as an incubation and marketing manager for Rios and Park, which is a co-working space in the Otsuka area of Tokyo, and I also still do a bit of content work for some other websites and publications and stuff. Um, but my passion and what I do kind of on the side and in my spare time is that I run a small stationery business, so um, I started like a Japanese stationery subscription box um, and uh, yeah, just working on that. So
0: well, Great. Wow. sounds like you have your hands full with, with many yeah. things to do. That's that's good though, you know. Uh, so you said you moved to Japan in 2014, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So what was your initial interest in Japan what what drew you to come to Japan especially just was it on a whim you know you said you came in on a tourist visa right
1: yeah yeah so I had planned to come here Um, so I've got a friend who lives here and she's also Scottish and she's been here for about 15 years and she's married to a Japanese guy and she lives very close to me and and she I came here ten years ago in two thousand and eight for a holiday to visit her. And um even then I kind of had a little bit of an interest or a bit of an intrigue about Japan and that was through um Murakami Haruki's books. Yeah. You know the guy that wrote Minor Bird Chronicle. So reading his books I kind of had this notion that I wanted to visit Japan and then she moved to Tokyo and I thought, Oh well, well that's great, that was perfect. So yeah, 10 years ago, I came here on holiday. I was here for three weeks and I loved it, but I never had any thought that I would... I never thought at the time that I would be living here, but I always had this hankering to live overseas for, for, from a long time, actually, from when since I was, like, 18, 17, 18. But I just... I guess I never really did anything about it. I never made the move and something always came up and, I don't know, work and things like that. Right. I didn't really think too much about it. And then... um about five a little over five years ago or maybe just just a bit before that um i uh the, the job that i had in scotland um i was working for scotland's tourist board um and i was a marketing manager for them i was there for five years and they were um going through a spate of kind of like voluntary redundancies um do you know what that is like um i don't know what you call it in america it's like
0: Uh, we 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 call redundancies layoffs yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's it yeah
0: i i I watched enough of uh, british british tv shows (laughs) to figure out what a redundancy was so oh that's good
1: so you're uh, thank um, you the office right (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah um so um that kind of like, even before they announced that, I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to go live overseas. This is like, if I don't do it now, then I'm never going to go. And I had this notion that maybe I'll go live in like Australia uh, or like Brazil. And I even had planned out where in Brazil I was going to live. I was going to live on an island and teach English or something. And I was just going to live like an easy life.
0: Wow, and, then, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, uh, and then, um, yeah, and then the, the the job that I had before they announced these redundancies and you know, if you've been there for a while, i have been there for five years, you get like a, a little package and you could kind of set yourself up to do some whatever it is you want to do next and at that point I thought, okay, this is it, I'm definitely going to go somewhere. So I was speaking to my friend here, the one that lives here, um, I was speaking to her about it and she just said to me, why don't you just come here? So. Earlier in the year, she had got married to Noria her husband, and they got married in Scotland. So I'd met him and I'd met his family. So I kind of thought to myself, and she, she explained the family business and their family business is property. So she said to me, if you come here, I can help you because we have property here and you can stay close to me and all this kind of stuff. And we can help you find a job and um, figure out you know something for you and I just thought that sounded great I thought well I've been to Japan before I like Haruki Murakami so uh, and my pal from home lives just down the road so that'll be great I'll do that so I just got this one-way ticket and I had never done like you know how everyone that's like these days are doing like gap years and things like that I'd never done things like that before so I'd never been to Southeast Asia so I did this trip where I was like going kind of across Southeast Asia and Japan would be my last stop so um, that's what I did. I came here, and then um, just felt like I've been on a big holiday ever since.
0: <laughs> wow! Yeah. So, just um, enjoying enjoying the good life here, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> what? How describe your first few months coming here on a um, on a tourist visa? Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: for one, how long can you legally stay in the country on that visa? And what did you have to like settle for any sort of work in the beginning or did you have something in mind that you wanted to do when you got here
1: um i um so first of all i have to say you're not supposed to it is illegal to look for work when you're on a tourist visa in japan so i didn't ah. actually outwardly promote myself or or do anything i was just my first month here i was just literally just on holiday, rediscovering all the areas that I went to 10 years ago, that kind of thing.
0: Right, of course, of course.
1: And um, um, just by chance, um, and then I I assumed that I would actually try, I I would at some point just teach English here, because that's what everybody does, so I kind of made plans to I could stay here legally for three months as on a tourist visa so I thought well maybe I'll go somewhere else I'm in Asia there are other parts of Asia I want to see I'll go somewhere else and I'll go back to traveling for a couple of months and then I'll look for a job here while I'm overseas and then I'll come back or something like that right but what happened was while I was here and in my first month in fact probably in the first three weeks I happened to meet by chance the co founder of a startup, a travel startup, and they um they had just been funded. So they'd just been given uh, a, a ton of money uh to to uh uh build content and they needed a native English speaker and I had just left my job at the tourist board in marketing and they were at the a travel site looking for somebody to do some marketing work for them. So it just it was just pure luck, pure luck.
0: Yeah, it seems like that opportunity yeah. just sort of fell into your lap then. Yeah. Exactly, Right. exactly. Right.
1: And then, so then I, um, I left, I went to Malaysia, um, and I stayed there uh, for about maybe four weeks or so um, around Asia. And then um, in that time, they sorted out my visa for me and my visa application and all this stuff. And then I came back a couple of months later. So by the time I came back, it was... So I arrived here July, and then by the time I came back it would have been around the end of September. Alright. Beginning of October, so, and then I didn't start work until the beginning of October.
0: Okay, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you you did everything the right way then, you know, so that's uh, a good good advice for, for people to know, yeah. to to not come to Japan on a tourist visa actively looking for work, so. That's yeah. um, that's that's helpful information actually. Thank you. Um, but you you got the you got the job at the uh, the travel startup and that just seems to fit right into what you were doing before. You know so it, exactly.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was just um, it was just pure chance. And the thing about it was is that they were very. Um, they were the travel startup was at very, very early stages. So they had like hardly any content on their website. So when I arrived here, it was like the perfect opportunity to go out and explore all these different places. And that's what they wanted me to do for my job. So
0: it sounds like a dream (laughs) job really, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. And also, um, because they were trying to like, you know, we were trying to find our feet at the time. I, I think I was like employee number, five or six at the time. Wow. So um it was very early stage. And then um because they were trying to find their feet they were going to they were arranging all these like networking events for us to go to and and I, I say us, it was actually just me and maybe one other person. So I ended up um going out to all these events like um like networking things which I'm not too keen on. <laughs> But because I was still so new here and I was in a new country and it was just like it was actually very exciting and it kind of brought out me out my shell a little bit so I basically had to talk to strangers and um, that was something that was quite new but um, I realised how uh, uh, different it felt here um, because yeah I, just, I don't know I just kind of got a bit more confident in like meeting new people and things like that and I, I guess I was still on a bit of a high from arriving somewhere new so yeah. So that was a good opportunity. So I met a lot of people in those first few months just for for the job.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it sounds like um, you. I mean, that's just that's great. You you're able to network and just meet lots of people from the get go. From the get go yeah
1: and also my friend who the one that i talked about who who lives here and has been here for a while because she put me in one of her like families her husband's family's properties um it's actually a share it's like a it's a luxury share house Mm -hmm. share office and so when i arrived here um i already had kind of like ready-made friends in a sense because i've met some people at their wedding a few years earlier so there was a bit of familiarity already with some people
0: well that's cool that's cool so um yeah i i've talked to people and myself as well um i these people and myself we just came into japan without knowing anybody but you you actually did know some you had some connections uh, when you came here um, which is, uh, a good advantage really for, uh, for that. Um, but you, um, you, you live, you said in, in like a, a share house, a luxury share house. So yeah, kind of explain what that is. Um, because yeah. these, I what I, at least where I'm from, those sorts of establishments aren't really common. So what, what, what exactly is that? So
1: so um so it the, the share house so it's actually called it's called rios and park which mm-hmm. is the same place where i work at now part-time because they also own shared offices as well okay um, and um rios and park is run by my friend rachel and her husband nori and it's like a i, I think the best way to describe it is like it's like a posh dorm
0: okay yeah. so
1: and it's like a six-story um six-story kind of apartment block or big massive building Um, And it's got, um, there's like 41 residents here, which sounds like a lot, but um, because the space is so big, the ceilings are so high, um, the common spaces are huge, um, it kind of doesn't really feel like there's 41 people here at all. Sometimes it's deadly quiet, there could be nobody here sometimes. uh, the, the kitchen and the living space is enormous, and um, I think the most people, the most number of people I've ever seen in there is probably about twenty or thirty at the most, and that's not all residents. That's people who are bringing their friends over as well and having like a little party or something. So. Right,
0: right. And yeah. um, how would you describe your experience with that? You said you, you know, you you haven't really met the full, you know, the full uh, capacity of of the people there, um, but as opposed to living in like a normal apartment complex, would you say it's uh, better, worse, or pretty much the same?
1: Um, I think, so I've, uh, it's been a long time since I've ever shared spaces with other people, and the last time was back home when I was young at university, right. um, apart from that I've always either lived myself or with like a partner. Um, but um, I think, again, like the novelty of being somewhere new and I say novelty, but actually, it's it helped a lot to be here in, some, in an environment like this, because um, even though you don't speak to everybody, there's something nice about knowing that there's other people close by and around you, right. and I quite like that. Um, it's um, it's not. I don't think this kind of living is for everybody, um, but I I really en- I really enjoy it. So I um, there's like three floors that are um, shared. Um, I mean, just to give you a sense of the space like one of the floors that I used to live on um has like three three shower rooms and three bathrooms that kind of thing right. so it's like there's about twelve people or something and they all kind of have different schedules so you, you share those facilities um and um and there's like there's housekeepers that come in five days a week as well so there's never really that kind of argumentative streak that you would probably have back home where oh, you've not done your share of the cleaning or this and that. It's very kind of, it's a very smooth running ship here.
0: Wow. Yeah, that, that actually sounds quite nice. Uh, yeah. I wish I had some housekeepers to come by. You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's lovely. And then um, that was... Yeah, that was two years ago, and then since then, I still live in the share house, but at the top floor of the share house, they have, like, two semi-private apartments, and so I live in one of the apartments now, okay. so I kind of feel like I have more of my own space. Right,
0: so. right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, now, um, where exactly, again, in Tokyo is that, and what in what relation is that to, like, um, the more... More well-known ar- areas that people frequent. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I live in Sugamo, and uh, the share house is in Sugamo, and um, that's on the Yamanote line, and it's like um, uh, five minutes from Ikebukuro station, and maybe like I think it's twelve minutes to Shinjuku, and twenty minutes to Shibuya.
0: Wow. So it's no problem to to get to where um, a lot of people need to go, right? So. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah let's let's take it back to your first um, after after you've secured your job and you're in Japan you're living here you're working here um, how was it living in Japan your first few months living in Japan as opposed to just being a, a, a tourist or vacationing here
1: yeah I, um, um, I do you know I really struggled with culture shock Mm -hmm. and i was really surprised at that because i had everything handed to me you know i did not have any reason to kind of struggle but i think um around the big end of november to the beginning of january i uh my my first few weeks um when i came back and i I was working were, were 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 great but i think the high wore off for you know a kind of like yeah, definitely that feeling of coming down off The honeymoon phase ended, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. um but, And I know I found it. I, I don't think it was so much the language thing, although I could hardly speak. I mean, it's not much better, but I can speak. I can definitely get by now, and I can speak Japanese a, a bit. Um, but it was, it was kind of um, non-existent at the start. I I felt like. Um, I don't know. I felt like um, very tired all the time from working <laughs> all yeah. the time as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was a mixture of that and also just um, adjusting to like somewhere completely new. And um, and I think as well around December time. Um, like I'm not a huge. In fact, I don't really care so much for Christmas. But I really like Christmas activities. So mm-hmm. you know, back just home, just that around- holiday
0: sort of see- feeling, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and being back home in December is like, you know, you see a lot of your friends at that time of year, you've always got like nights out, Christmas nights out, work nights out, this kind of thing. And there was none of that here at all, which mm. I, I guess I, it was not that I was surprised by it, I'd heard of it, um, but it was it was a bit of a, a, a change, it was like, um, I felt very unsocial in December. And that made me a bit sad. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's definitely, you don't feel the same sort of um, magic, I guess, if that's that's not really the the right word, but you, I think you know what I mean, the same sort of just yes. feeling in the air that, exactly. um, let's exactly. say, Western countries have around that that time of the year. Yeah. Um, Japan yeah. tries to, to at least put, you know, some illuminations and, you know, some lights and decorations up, but right. you're right, the social aspect is not really there, and it's save for christmas day which is more of like couples or you know or something of, of a holiday like that um it's you know you don't really feel that sort of atmosphere here you're right
1: exactly yeah. and uh, um at that time as well my friend who was here she went back to scotland so i was um yeah i just felt i felt quite al- i felt alone i felt really by my, by myself and i was uh just a bit kind of like Um, have I done the right thing? Mm -hmm. Um, But I have to say We've all been there,
0: I I believe, yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, I mean, that feeling, I guess, lasted just about a month. And by the time the new year came, I remember actually what happened was New Year's, the day before New Year's Eve, a friend um, who I'd met at my friend's wedding um, got in touch to say, by the way, I'm here. Um, I don't know what you're doing for New Year, but I've got no plans. And I was like, oh my gosh, neither have I and so the two of us hung out and i remember being really happy she'd been here a couple of years so we went out and you know she introduced me to some new places and it, we just had a lot of fun we ended up in karaoke till like three or four in the morning yeah, and yeah. on the first of january and i just really liked it i just really thought oh this is cool this is going cool. back to liking it now yeah <laughs> and then yeah and then after that i remember just feeling so much better and had a great year <laughs> well,
0: that, that's, hey, that's a it's a perfect way to start off a year you know i mean that what what a what a great way to to set the tone right mm, so yeah. um now in in your share share house um
1: yeah.
0: the residents are they they're mostly japanese or is there like a, a mix of of foreign and japanese or
1: um i would say it's 95 98% japanese Wow. okay uh, and there's um, out of all of us I think there's um, there's five there's five non-Japanese here okay, okay. including myself
0: right okay yeah um, I'm just I wasn't aware of the the demographics in, and yeah. in, because I've heard of like share houses that are mostly gaijin or yeah. mostly foreign yeah. you know and then some that are that are not so did now yeah. do you find that was helpful in your development of learning Japanese or, or not? Yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. I mean, I haven't ever taken any formal classes or lessons mm-hmm. um, because I, um, well, I just didn't have the time. My first two years, I was working for the startup, and yes. it was all hands on deck, so I was literally just working all, all the time. Right. Um, didn't have time for classes, so I had to learn um, uh, just by... Uh, attempting to chat with my <laughs> housemates and um, the good thing well i don't know if it's a good thing it's not a good thing for learning japanese but um everybody who lives here has some kind of loose connection to the owner to rachel's husband and um at least that was the case when i first moved here and um so the majority of people that come here the majority of japanese people that come to live in this kind of place is are people who have lived overseas at some point so they've studied abroad or they've lived overseas and they don't want to just come back and live on their own they kind of want that feeling of they had when they were overseas so when they um so so they all kind of speak a relatively good level of, of English and I feel like I've been quite spoiled that way right. but the on the on the downside of that is that they pra- want to practice their English with me, and I want them to. Sp- I want to speak Japanese with them. So.
0: <laughs> yes, that is the um, that's the <laughs> conundrum of, of yeah. every Japanese learner and and uh, English learner. If they're if they're Japanese, is wh- which side gets to win in? Yeah. We, this round, you know, like, are we are we doing Japanese day? Are we doing English? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But
1: early, earlier this year, my birthday, I made them all promise. We had like a little kind of close come by celebration, and um, they uh, I said to them all that my one thing for this year was is that unless I'm like at death's door, you've got to speak to me in Japanese because I can't I can't keep going on like this, so that's worked a lot. So I feel like my Japanese level has increased this year because I've mm. been I've been forced into it with all the guys here. So right.
0: Right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a a forced sink or swim sort of scenario, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's really how 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 you learn, you know. So that's good. Mm. Now, you said you've you've done you do a little bit of freelancing. Yeah. And as well as you have your own side business, so what got you into freelancing?
1: Um. Well, I had been at the startup for a couple of years and then they were focusing so their main focus at the beginning was focusing on the English speaking market and then they um decided that they were going to change that and work towards more um the Chinese speaking market
0: mm-hmm.
1: so um i have been there a couple of years and there was kind of nothing else left for me to do there so um i took a couple of months off to kind of think about what it was I wanted to do. And in that time, Riosen um, um, Park, um, Norian Rachel's company, they were looking for some help with some of their um digital marketing. Um, right. Like there they wanted to focus more on um they've been currently been doing a lot of AdWords and things like that in Japanese, but they wanted to do like the equivalent in English as well. So okay. uh, I started working for them and um, that was um, just a few hours a week so on top of that I thought well this is quite good because if I can try and pick up a- another couple of people that want the same thing then that would actually be quite good until I actually decide what it is I want to do. Right. Um, and then um, just by chance um, I ended up picking up another couple of clients um, and doing exactly that.
0: Well hey, you <laughs> so, know. That's a it's a nice little road that, that opened up for you there, you know. so yeah, and, yeah. and you still do that to this day, correct?
1: I do that to this day, yeah. But now Rio's and Park have hired me uh, as an employee, so I work for them and they, they sponsor like my visa and everything. And um, I, I do most of my work for them. And then I just do like maybe uh, uh, 10, 15 hours for uh, other people.
0: Other clients, right. right. Yeah, that's well, right. Well, that's good. That's good. There's a little bit of, um, of freedom in that you know that uh, you can you know adjust your own own schedule that way now you said you had a your own side business
1: yeah so um Yeah. yeah I um started off um so in that time where I had this couple of months where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do I remember um sitting with um you know pen and paper and just thinking oh like I need to be able to I want to be able to try and brainstorm myself something I'd never done before in my life and I thought you know how do people work how do people get to work in things that they love to do like how does how does it happen and um I wondered I thought to myself well I you know I'm not a particularly creative person but I love creative creativity and other people I love art and I just kind of thought about how um how I could do something with that, and um, I have a friend in the UK who has um, whose partner has a subscription box, and she does like a monthly subscription box selling um, like kind of crafts and to to people, and um, and I remember thinking, and at this point I. I've been collecting stationery and it's been a hobby of mine since I was young, I've just always loved it and Japan has really high quality, amazing stationery and I remember thinking all of these kind of things coming together, I thought, well, um, for gifts, when I send things back home to people, I always send them them like a little bit of stationery or something, um, something that's very Japanese and then all of that coming together, I remember thinking. Why don't I do a subscription box um, or a box of some kind with some things in it and try and see if anyone would be interested in that?
0: Right.
1: And, um, so,
0: now, kind of, uh, sorry. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Is your your market global or English speaking only or is it aimed at a Japanese audience or what?
1: It's all global and it's English speaking audience.
0: Okay. Okay. For now. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So, um, I, uh, made, I I kind of bought everything from Tokyo hands and I bought like 10 of everything. And then I made up these boxes and then I made a website, this is all in my spare time. So (laughs) I made a website and then I thought, um, I'll just see what happens with this. And then the 10 boxes sold out and then I got really good feedback. Um, And then I thought, okay, maybe I can do something with it with this. So I kind of let it sit for a couple of months. and. at this point, I decided to look into, you know, how to start a business here in Japan, and it's really, really difficult. And mm-hmm. um, you definitely need to have like a you need you need to have like a high level or or a pretty competent level of Japanese. That I don't think that was probably it's not my level, but I'm fortunate that I've got friends who can help me. Um, So kind of looked into it and the business manager visa, I don't know if you know this, but it's like you have to have like 5 million yen to start off with and then, you know, it's a really expensive and and even a long process. Um, So I decided to kind of look into um, how I could start the business in the UK because all my money wasn't coming here. It was all in the UK because I, couldn't I, I? couldn't even figure out how to open PayPal in Japan. It took me a while to to sort that out to link it to my Japanese bank account. It took
0: right <laughs> Pay, PayPal Japan. I've I've heard so many yeah. issues with that with that, but uh, yeah. So it's you you've experienced the nightmare as well, haven't you? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So so that's why I decided to you know with those ten boxes, I just linked it to my UK bank account because it was so easy. Right. Um. And then um, I thought, if I'm going to take this seriously and do something with it, I'm going to need to register a business. So I ended up registering a business in the UK. And as long as you don't have any kind of financial gain or transaction here in Japan, then you don't need to, um, you know, you don't have to kind of, uh, it's not the same as starting your business here. So right. it was actually a lot easier for me to do it that way. Um,
0: That's a benefit of a, of a global society, you know, the internet really, you know. Exactly, so, yeah.
1: exactly. So then I started creating more boxes. So um, I've been doing it, I do it every three, every quarter, so every three months. And um, it's I'm now at uh, about a hundred subscribers now. So I started wow. I'm now at about a hundred, and it's it's great. Um, it's uh, I definitely don't give it as much focus as I should and as I, I could, but um, have to balance paid work versus what I want to do. Yeah. And um, after after my like so subsequent boxes, what I've actually done is like um, I partner up with or, or I collaborate with a japan based artist or designer to create like one-off pieces or mm. something that they perhaps already have made and I, I buy stock from them and then we kind of like uh, collaborate on a theme for the box which is based around this artist or designer so for example my my um, the one that I had over the summer is with a designer called Misato she does like these kind of graphic prints so we created some postcards and some washi tape which is like the Japanese masking tape Mm -hmm. and then um, um, and then around that I picked a few other pieces so like there's this pen that you can only buy in Asia and the pen is really good for writing on the type of card the kind of um, textured card that her postcards were made on and then there are other bits and pieces in the box and they all kind of are related to one another i've chosen them for a particular reason and they're all kind of based around misato's work or her designs or that kind of thing
0: okay so it's a curated okay. box wow and, that's that's pretty cool Yeah,
1: and yeah, uh, yeah so that's kind of the, the idea behind it is to have like not necessarily all the kind of cute Kawhi stuff cuz that's not really my my style but right, you know right. <laughs> I, I know that some people like that so i try and I, I do try and stay away from that but i do get lots of requests for it as well so i can i can't deny it so i hope to do well, stuff with that later but yeah yeah it
0: kind, kind of makes of you think um, how much how much more money can you get catering to <laughs> to the to the more mainstream fan right but no i i think that's awesome that you've been able to take something that you, you love and just create a business out of it, you know, like get, you, you, you gain money from that and you're, you're able to do that while still maintaining a, a, a job in a country uh, that is not your home country, you know? So that's, um, that's, you know, something that I've been aiming to do as well. So it's a, uh, it's it's an interesting process to go through. So yeah. uh, very inspirational in that sense.
1: Thanks. Yeah, um, I definitely don't think I would have done anything like this had I stayed in Glasgow. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily being in, obviously it's me being in Japan, but I think just moving away from your home city, I think just does something to your brain.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. I mean, there there are things that I've done here that i i could not have imagined doing back home you know yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think it's the the sense of um the adventurous spirit that brings with completely uprooting and moving to a different country
1: yeah i definitely think that's a big part of it for sure um i think there's that and also the kind of forced situation as well you know you're like um you're somewhere that's not your home and you're in this position where you just you kind of have to make something work and you have right. to do something and so your mind just goes kind of a bit crazy and overthinking and things like that and so you think of things that you might not have before
0: yeah yeah that uh that monkey mind that we all have just sort of you know when that uh survival instinct kicks in you're just like all right do this you know and yeah it, it life has a way of, of, of making that stuff work you know at least I have yeah. found, and it seems like you found that too. Um, now, how long have you actually been doing this? Like from the from the moment you create, you said you created the website with the 10 uh, boxes to yeah. to now.
1: Um, I think it's been about a year, a, a, coming up for coming up for almost two years now.
0: Wow. Okay. And in, you've you've gained a hundred subscribers and yeah. that's 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 pretty good yeah yeah.
1: it's about um, eight boxes so it's four boxes per year and okay. um, so yeah it's through that um, and yeah I sometimes um, like I was saying before I really you know I wish I could focus on it more because um, um, every time I do like for example when I post something up on Instagram I normally get either not just like the followers and stuff but I'll normally get people visiting the website mm-hmm. or like making a purchase without doing that much i haven't posted anything for ages and i've just been a bit just not been that focused on it and um i it's but it's good to know that even just something like that can help grow the business so it's motivation for me to kind of take it further and, and focus a bit more so that's kind of my plan for the next few months
0: right right yeah that's that's ex- actually what i was going to ask next is where, where do you see yourself going with it um what And in the future, do you hope that that takes over what you're doing now? Or would would you still like to just keep it as a hobby or what?
1: I I would like this to be my full-time job. I would like the the stationery box to be my full-time job. Um, My plan for the new year is I want to open up a standalone shop. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, Like a
0: physical store?
1: No, actually, that's the wrong, uh, totally the wrong description okay. there. No, I, didn't, okay. I, mean, I said the wrong word. It's not. I made it sound like that, but that's not what I meant. Yeah. I mean, like um, another online shop or, okay. or part of the same kind of website, but basically uh, where you can buy um, the individual products. So if you really liked a certain item from a box, you can buy that on its own. You don't have to subscribe to a full box. You can just pick and choose pieces and things like that.
0: I see. Yeah, yeah
1: and um i would like to do a bit more I, I kind of do this already like unofficially where people will message me and say i've got like my nephew's birthday coming up he really likes dinosaurs and spaceships and he loves pens and papers and stuff can you customize something and i i, I do that already for for like friends so i'm probably going to offer that as a service as well at some okay. point at A kind of customized box mm-hmm. and kind of uh, individual items online and um and well,
0: that's it for now. <laughs> right. Well, hey, that's that's good. You you have uh, some aspirations, and yeah, I I I totally assumed it was a uh, the standalone uh, shop. Yeah. Well, just judging by the the phrase there, but um, yeah. now you said you started off just by creating the website and then throwing the 10, ten boxes up there. Mm-hmm. Um, what website did you go with? Like WordPress or or what what sort of um, how, how did you initially just say like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is, w- and this is the website I'm going to do it on.
1: Yeah. Um, I um, uh, created a Squarespace website. Squarespace. So Squarespace okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they do, um, re- uh, they do, they have a good uh, system for retail uh, on there as well, like e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So, um, in fact, that's how originally I uh, ended up, Making everything go through my UK account as well because Squarespace only offer that like you can't do Japanese yen on it. You have to do like pounds or dollars or there are a few other countries on there. But yeah. it was just yeah, that's how that started. That that's how I ended up doing uh, using Squarespace as well. Okay, there that, that
0: that's that's actually good to know because I I wasn't aware of that. I, I've considered using Squarespace in the past and I I never really looked into it until until recently. So
1: it's definitely i mean i, I like to um I, I do a bit of customizing on it as well so there's a, a although it's like drag and drop and really easy to use it's also really easy to kind of um uh, add some code and things like that in there as well so i kind of self-taught myself like a little bit of basic kind of html all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i can customize it a little bit more and um, which makes it just a bit more nicer but it's also already nice the way it is i think right um, i really like the, the platform and um, shopify is also shopify is good so if you ever ever wanted to do like you had to wanted to link a japanese bank account they have that support here but squarespace doesn't so
0: okay okay so yeah. you, you you kind of do a combination of squarespace and shopify then to um to to sell the boxes or the sell the subscriptions right that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, great. That's a, uh, that's that's really good advice too for people who are interested in starting online, online businesses. So, um. Getting away from the work aspect, so. Your day-to-day life. What do you enjoy doing for fun? And uh, uh, you live you live in Tokyo, so there's probably always something to do, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I usually. Um, uh, I think I go through uh peaks and troughs, so uh sometimes i'll be out all the time mm-hmm. um, where i'll be really in the mood to kind of uh socialize and meet up with friends and go out drinking mm-hmm. and um but then there's times where I just can't be bothered leaving my area for for weeks on end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um but um, yeah, I usually—I guess one of the things I do a lot consistently, and um, I guess because it's so easy to do here, is I eat—I eat, eat out a lot. So one of the things that stopped happening when I came here was I stopped cooking so much because I just enjoyed eating out all the time.
0: <laughs> oh wow, wow, yeah, I've—it's actually been the opposite for me. I I do enjoy eating out in Japan. It's um, you can. Definitely find some really nice spots to f- with some good food, and mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd assume in Tokyo there's just a plethora of places to go and, and and eat. But I've found that I end up cooking more these days, just because I I guess maybe it's the city I live in. You know, <laughs> I, I live in a much smaller city, so mm-hmm. it's um you you've been to all the spots at least once, and you're like eh I'll just stay in tonight. <laughs>
1: yeah um especially kind of around where i live in sugamo and um ots i i work in otsuka which is just one station along before one before ikebukuro mm. and there's so many around this area there's so many good like food like a lot of good restaurants and um they're just on my doorstep and i just kind of I'll, uh, I visit them all regularly to the point where sometimes some people actually recite my order for me, well, uh, yeah. the the staff, and I'm like, oh, I come here maybe a bit too often. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I do en- enjoy that. And, and I'm going to other parts of Tokyo as well. I've got a lot of friends that um, enjoy doing the same thing. And so we're always wanting to try new places together and things like that. So it's always really nice.
0: Great, great. Yeah, um, I'm sure if I lived there, I'd probably be doing the same, you know, because I, I do enjoy good food. Um, it, it's funny, another friend of mine who who lives in, in Tokyo, he he lives very close to some restaurants, just as you said, and um, he's been there for a few months, and he said that the staff already know exactly what he's going to order, so...
1: Yeah, it really makes you feel like you've settled in uh, and that you're, even four years in, I'm still, I always like, I always like these little signs of like, oh yeah, I live here now, this is great. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And that's mm -hmm. one of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, have you traveled at all within Japan?
1: Yeah, because when I worked for the travel startup, they were sending me to lots of various places to write about them as well.
0: Right, right.
1: and I've been quite lucky in that because I've always had my hand in travel, the travel industry. Even now, um, I work with um, a company to do uh, like they're related to the uh, Japan National Tourism Organization. So okay. I still do trips every now and again. Um, so I've been to P-trips. yeah, I've been <laughs> to yeah, I've been to Utsunomiya and Tochigi and all these places, um,
0: Great. Nagasaki
1: what? and yeah been to quite a few places i i still want to go to uh i went to okinawa for the first time this year which was lovely um but i still want to go to hokkaido that's like my next on my list that's where i really want to go
0: yeah yeah hokkaido's um i don't know i was i was going to say avoid winter time but the snow festival would be a great time to go i think
1: yeah, um, it would be. I keep seeing photos of it and thinking I'd like to go, but then I remember how much I hate the cold. So.
0: <laughs> well, you're from a you're from a cold, cold I know, country though. So. But that's why
1: I left. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, how how do you fare against the summers here then? Because they, they have to be completely different than summers from where you're from.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think this summer particularly was. I feel like it's still going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 summer part 2 is still rearing its head here and which is strange. This um yeah. It's 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 very very typical Japanese conversation about oh, the <laughs> the weather's crazy this year, isn't it? But yeah, yeah it, but it's true. This has been a strange strange year for weather in this country. Uh, the summer was extremely hot. Um, yeah, there were a lot sure. of people who who died from just heat stroke here, so. That's right. Mhm.
1: I um I don't think I've ever, I mean I hear so many people say the same thing they don't think they've experienced this kind of heat before. It's the humidity. It's the humidity that's the killer. It's just so. Um yeah, I, I remember I think just a few weeks ago I said to a friend of mine, I was like, I think I, I don't think I like this at all, I don't mm-hmm. like this heat at all. And if anyone from home could hear me say that, they would be shocked because I was always the cold one in, in Glasgow. I was always the one that was even summer, like all year round, just always with my shawl and blanket. And even in the office, that's what they knew me for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Whereas here, it's been the total, total opposite.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, I, I've had to adjust the opposite way. The summers are... I'm used to hot summers from from where I'm from, but the winters, uh, we don't usually get as much snow as... as uh, it usually snows at least once a year up here in Utsinomiya. Um, but there was a... It was about four years ago, people called the uh, snowpocalypse, and even Tokyo had a lot of snow. Were you here during that winter, or was this before you came?
1: Um, I I think the first time I've seen snow in Tokyo was earlier this year, or there okay. was maybe a little bit a couple of years ago, but it wasn't ever it wasn't anything. Yeah. It wasn't snow apocalypse. <laughs>
0: uh, it must have been the the winter before you came then, because it, it it they said it was the worst snow that Tokyo had seen in fifty years or so, and it it was it was bad. It, it was bad all the way down in Tokyo, and it 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 had shut down most of the city here for at least three days so oh. yeah it was it was pretty bad but we get where we get th- a snow at least once a year here though oh okay yeah.
1: and where in america are you from
0: oh sorry i'm from texas
1: Ah, okay yeah
0: so hot summers um winters are probably mild compared to uh-huh. uh what you're used to but
1: well, I think one of the things that I really miss, and um, when people always ask me what I miss from home, like aside from people and family and all that kind of thing, um, I definitely think the long summer days is something that I really, I, I didn't think about it until my second year here. And I thought, I really miss the long summer days. Yeah. Like here I feel somebody literally just goes and switches the light off at seven o'clock or 6.30 right. or something, and it's like, what happened?
0: Yeah, The at least the summers in Texas You know, the the sun can be out until you know eight thirty p.m. and then it's still setting. So even as late as nine p.m., it's still somewhat residual light. But here, yeah, you're right. It's seven o'clock. Click. It's off. But then again, the the sun rises so early here. I'm I was definitely not used to seeing sunlight at four in the morning. So (laughs) when I first came here.
1: In Glasgow or in, in Scotland, the sun, uh, you know, the sun, it'll still be daylight sometimes at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right. It's really strange.
0: Because the, the uh, latitude, right? It's you're yeah, so exactly. far north. Yeah.
1: But then you get the flip side of that in winter where it's just constantly dark. So I guess I do appreciate that here. I really love like the crisp some the kind of December weather here. It's really lovely.
0: Mm. So yeah, yeah. Um, it. The winters are... Are a bit dry here but um, it, it's it's so weird that the summers are extremely humid but the winters are really dry you know it's so. too
1: extreme isn't it i remember my first uh, first winter here was yeah the, the december when i and i wasn't feeling so great i remember touching my forehead and it was like a paper bag and i thought what is that i've never felt my skin like that before it was horrible hmm. and it was just because i didn't i didn't know how to i didn't you know I wasn't using like uh, the right moisturizer or something right. I didn't. I just wasn't I just didn't expect it and I had to like change and kind of figure out what kind of skincare I needed to use to kind of keep that stuff soft. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, no you you've traveled all over Japan. Uh, you've been to Nico right up, up here in yeah um, have you ever been in the fall in the autumn season?
1: No, I would have loved to have come in the fall. That sounds lovely. Um,
0: yeah, right now, especially the um, the autumn leaves in Nico are are at their peak, and I've oh, I've no. been once in in the ten years that I've lived here. I've only been to Nico in the fall once, and uh, it's it's truly breathtaking. Um, I'm I'm not used to seeing colors of the, like that, and it was it was definitely a treat. So it was it was amazing.
1: That's um, one of my favorite times of year, and that's what I'm waiting for now. So I'm like, where are the where are the autumn leaves? Why are they not here yet?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's especially warm this this year. Um, leaves that are usually yellow and and fallen by now are still somewhat green and on the trees. You know, so I'm I'm like you. I'm like, hurry up, bring it on. You know. <laughs> so, um, where has been your favorite? place that you've visited either for work or just for leisure
1: um hmm, probably um well i guess i mean i'm going to leave okinawa out of it because i feel like okinawa is really i mean it was beautiful it was amazing and i would probably choose okinawa but also i feel like it's um um cliche yeah (laughs) um
0: but Thank there's a reason why it's cli- uh, a cliche, though. You know, it, yeah. it is a beautiful place. So.
1: It is. Yeah. It is. It's like uh, it's so so lovely. I, I really can't. I hope I get to go back there as well. I think I'm gonna try and make an effort to go back. Um, um, I really liked. Um, I li- I really like Nagasaki <laughs> and um, like Beppu and that kind of area. I really enjoyed it there.
0: Okay, yeah, it's in uh, Kyushu, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've, um, I've never been out that way. I've only stayed, I've actually only traveled within Honshu, the main island. Uh, so I st- still have yet to go to Kyushu, Okinawa, Hokkaido or Shikoku. So I, I still need to travel to those spots. But for me, one of the most amazing places I have traveled to has been Aomori prefecture in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. are you familiar with the f- famous festivals up there in the summertime yes yeah. that's
1: right. um, I haven't been but I've heard I've heard yeah,
0: of, yeah, uh, the yeah it's a Nebuta in Aomori City I believe it's Nebuta um, the the floats are amazing to watch there at night and then in a nearby city Hirosaki the Nebuta festival the very next day is very it's a similar festival but the 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 feeling of it is completely different like Nepeta is very colorful and very bright and very um festive Nebuta is almost a dark sort of almost uh, in some of the floats a very violent imagery so it's 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 really contrast in styles but they're both amazing to see in person so that's uh I would rec- definitely recommend visit watching that as well Oh
1: nice yeah that sounds great.
0: I'm going to add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, um, couple, you, um, you've, you've given a lot of great information for, for everybody. Um, it's very inspirational, especially if, for those who are interested in starting their own own business. Um, please tell us where we can find your your website, and um, so people can can buy some boxes off of there. Some subs- some sc- subscriptions.
1: Um, yeah, so the website is uh, mybungalowbox dot and Bungu is B U N G U. Mybungalowbox and then you can also find me on like Instagram and Twitter uh, at mybungalowbox.
0: Great, great. So and my,
1: my personal Instagram, if you like, is just at calvkuv. And um, I just post a lot of uh, travel photos and st- like kind of stuff around Tokyo and, and there as well.
0: Great, great. I'll have all of that in the uh, description for for everyone um, and is there anything you'd like to say to people who are thinking about coming to Japan or just um, any words of wisdom that you've you've enjoyed throughout your life?
1: Um, yeah I think um, I think if you if you want to if you want to live overseas and you want to live in Japan um yeah don't don't lose hope because it can happen (laughs) in some for some way you can definitely make it work Mm -hmm. um and I also think that while you're here and it's something that I think I did took me a couple of years to get used to and I, I mentioned earlier that I love to eat out a lot but actually um that took me a while to kind of go to places myself because I was always really self-conscious about going into small ramen shops or things like that that were filled with salary men I felt so intimidated by it <laughs> I would look in the window and then I would sometimes just run away because I think oh I really want to eat in there but I don't want to make a fool out myself or I don't want to like everyone to look at me or I don't know I was really self-conscious about it or I didn't understand the menu but slowly slowly I started just ignoring all that and going in and just Pointing, doing like the pointing thing and just picking whatever and being a bit more adventurous. And it was only then that I think I really, really started to enjoy enjoy um, my life here more. So I would say that definitely, um, yeah, take risks when you're here and just, uh, yeah, be a bit more adventurous. Great. You expect to be a bit more adventurous when you're here.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome advice. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Kabul, very much for coming on. Um, it was very interesting talking to you and uh i'll be sure to point people in your direction so thank you you very much and uh i hope to talk to you again someday thank you thank you yeah bye